Hello, so uh, this is the third part of the CKD talk, and we're going to start by talking a bit about complications of CKD. Um, so we've already spoken uh, about the fact CKD is, is progressive, and the, the more you progress, the, the more likely you are to progress further. Um, and uh, as you progress, you're more likely to run into complications as you lose your uh, functions of the kidney. Um, so there are many complications of CKD and we can't go over everything uh, in an enormous amount of detail, but we'll take you through some, I'll take you through some of them. So hypertension, we've spoken about a bit already. So this is a cause of CKD and a consequence. Uh, and there are many mechanisms for hypertension in CKD. Um, you have alterations in your sodium homeostasis, uh, often increased uh, renin uh, and increased aldosterone as well. Um, but there are there are multiple uh, mechanisms for this, uh, and sometimes fluid overload itself can be a cause of hypertension, uh, and we often see this in hemodialysis patients um, as their weight goes up uh, and they accumulate fluid. Uh, they have a sort of volume-driven hypertension. Um, CKD, mineral bone disorder, is a big one which we'll talk about. Uh, anemia, uh, so the kidneys normally produce uh, EPO, as you'll know, uh, as, um, as you progress on CKD, uh, further down the CKD path, you, um, you lose that endogenous EPO response. But there are lots of other uh, causes of anemia and CKD. Um, people often don't eat as well. Uh, ACE inhibitors can contribute. People who are on dialysis or have a frequent blood test can lose um, blood or chemolyze. Uh, by that. So there's lots of um, people obviously um, who are not feeling very well with CKD often have quite poor diets so they might be iron deficient as a result of that or deficient in other um, uh, vitamins and minerals uh, and also hyperparathyroidism uh, can cause alterations with bone marrow and uremia can suppress bone marrow as well. A big one that you'll know is cardiovascular risk so um, Patients with CKD are at a greatly increased risk of cardiovascular events. Um, I think it's often underappreciated as a cardiovascular risk factor, uh, and albuminuria is an independent cardiovascular risk factor as well. So um, if you get a scenario in your interview uh, with a patient with CKD, um, just be aware there are an increased risk of myocardial infarction. Make a point of that and say that it's a very strong risk factor. Uh, metabolic acidosis. So, um, again, kidneys are vital for acid base homeostasis, and as you lose kidney function, you lose the ability to control this and to uh, excrete acid. Uh, and then there are many other complications. So, um, electrolyte abnormalities, of which there are multiple. So, hypocalcemia, hyperphosphatemia, hyperkalemia, itching, restless legs, depression, sexual dysfunction, reduced fertility, and malnutrition, and many more. So just talking now a bit about CKD mineral bone disorder. So this is from the KDAGO uh, guidelines, which you'll be able to find on, the, on their website. So uh, how that's defined is a systemic disorder of mineral and bone metabolism due to chronic kidney disease manifested by either one or a combination of the following. So 
are abnormalities of calcium, phosphorus, PTH, or vitamin D metabolism. Abnormalities of bone turnover, mineralization, volume, linear growth, or strength. And then vascular or other soft tissue calcification. So um, I suppose to simplify that, we could say abnormalities of uh, so biochemical abnormalities, abnormalities of growth or structure, and then uh, calcification of soft tissues. So calcium homeostasis in a healthy individual. So you, you um, absorb calcium through the diet, but you also excrete some uh, in the stool. Uh, and so of the calcium which you do absorb, um, a small amount is excreted via the kidneys. Um, some is stored intracellularly, some is stored extracellularly. Uh, and then the bone is a big reservoir. Uh, bones are a big reservoir uh, for calcium. Um, and, and what happens when we have a calcium that goes outside of the normal range? Well, um, our bodies are programmed to maintain homeostasis. So, if the calcium concentration goes up, this is sen uh, sensed by the calcium uh, sensing receptors. Um, and, and this reduces parathyroid hormone and increases calcitonin. Um, and so with that, uh, with these changes that you get, you also get uh, an increased uh, renal calcium excretion. You get a reduction in the uh, calcium which is mobilized from the skin and soft tissues. Uh, and you also get um, the reduction in um, calcitriol since synthesis, which is your active vitamin D, so you get less calcium absorbed uh, from uh, the GI tract, and, and this will help to lower the calcium towards normal. Conversely, if you have a decreased plasma calcium, the body makes an effort to increase it, so you get a kind of a reverse of the uh, changes we spoke about, so increase in parathyroid hormone, reduction in renal excretion, increased mobilization of calcium from the skeleton and soft tissues and increased cancer trial and therefore increased uh, calcium absorption from the gut. So bone should be thought of uh, as a dynamic organ that's constantly being resorbed and um, uh, new bone being laid down. And this is under the variety of a number of uh, factors. Um, so factors increasing bone uh, formation include androgens, PTH, um, mechanical load, um, and um, factors which favour resorption include oestrogen deficiency, uh, immobilisation, uh, and low uh, calcium. Factors that uh, inhibit bone resorption include oestrogen, uh, selective oestrogen receptor modulators, bisphosphonate, calcium, and vitamin. So in CKD mineral bone disorder, um, so you've got a, re a reduction uh, in the function of the kidney, okay, and so then you get reduced 1-alpha hydroxylation, which is the step um, to activate vitamin D. Um, you also get reduced renal phosphate clearance, and that causes hyperphosphatemia, and that is a trigger to increase PTH. And the low, active, the low levels of active vitamin D results in um, calcium, a reduced calcium resorption from the gut, 
hypocalcemia and a subsequent increase in PTH. Okay, so you've got low vitamin D, reduced renal phosphate clearance, uh, and then hypocalcemia. Uh, and the hypercalcemia and the hypocalcemia serve to increase the PTH. So phosphate retention in chronic kidney disease um, sets in motion a, uh, an array of um, abnormalities uh, that lead to secondary hyperparathyroidism. So the phosphate levels go up and that causes skeletal resistance to PTH. So that actually causes hypocalcemia. Um, hyperphosphatemia um, also causes hypocalcemia uh, by other mechanisms, so unknown mechanisms, and also by reducing calcitriol, so you get reduced absorption of calcium from the gut. Hyperphosphatemia causes um, calcitriol resistance in the parathyroids, and that leads to increased PTH. Um, and parathyroid cell uh, hyperphosphatemia causes parathyroid cell growth, and that also increases PTH, as does the hypocalcemia itself. So the reduction in um, uh, calcitriol and CKD is multifactorial. Um, so you've got kidney disease, a reduction in GFR. As the reduction in GFR directly uh, reduces calcitriol, uh, but uh, it also um, increases a substance called FGF23, which also suppresses calcitriol. The raised phosphate you get in kidney disease suppresses calcitriol formation. Uh, and a reduction uh, in 25-hydroxylated vitamin D uh, and an increase in CPTH fragments also both um, reduce calcitriol. So thinking a bit more about the um, effects of low levels of calcitriol, so there are indirect and direct effects. So the indirect effects would be a uh, reduction in calcium absorption from the gut and skeletal resistance to the action of PTH and that leads to hypocalcemia and subsequent hyperparathyroidism. There are also some direct effects which uh, essentially culminate in abnormal parathyroid function and hyperparathyroidism and these direct effects include um, a decreased repression of parathyroid hormone um, gene transcription, decreased parathyroid vitamin D receptors, decreased repression of parathyroid cell proliferation, possibly a decreased expression of the calcium receptor and an increased set point for calcium regulated PTH secretion. So there are a number of actions of, of PTH parathyroid hormone. So it increases the 1-alpha hydroxylase activity. So this increases your active vitamin D. It decreases the activity of 24-alpha hydroxylase. So this is an enzyme which degrades active vitamin D. So uh, if you have less degradation, then you may therefore have more active vitamin D. Parathyroid hormone increases the nephron reabsorption of calcium and increases urinary phosphate excretion. It also increases the hormone called FGF23, which is a phosphaturic hormone which has negative prognostic implications. Um, intermittent pH, PTH rises increase bone mass, whereas chronic or prolonged PTH rises uh, increases bone absorption. So in, in CKD-MBD, you get a PTH that's stimulated by hypocalcemia, hyperphosphatemia, and low levels of 1,2,5-hydroxylated vitamin D. 
PTH is suppressed by hypercalcemia, hypophosphatemia, active vitamin D, severe hypomagnesemia, and FGF23. If you've got a PTH that's oversuppressed, this causes adynamic bone disease. Uh, so the aim of the PTH level in patients with TKD should be advanced TKD should be two to two to nine times the normal reference range. Um, so there are a number of um, abnormalities that you have in patients with uh, CKD mineral bone disease, or as it was previously known, renal osteodystrophy. So this can be a kind of a spectrum uh, from uh, low turnover uh, bone disease uh, to high turnover bone disease. Um, and with low turnover, that's the state of oversuppressed PTH and hyperparathyroidism in the extreme can cause um, high turnover bone disease called osteoarthritis fibrosa. Uh, and both uh, are associated with uh, reduced bone strength. Um, in, in severe hyperparathyroidism and the osteitis fibrosis cystic, uh, you have very haphazard bone um, organisation. Um, patients with prolonged secondary hyperparathyroidism can develop um, tertiary hyperparathyroidism, so the, the, the thyroid gland becomes autonomous uh, and sort of disregards uh, whatever the calcium is, it just keeps pumping out PTH and this can lead to hypercalcemia. Uh, and in those instances, um, the thyroid gland, so the parathyroid gland can be suppressed uh, with a superphysiological stimulus in the form of a drug such as sinicalcet, which is what we call a calcium emetic. Uh, and if patients don't respond to calcium emetic, then it may be necessary to perform a parathyroidectomy. So there are a number of parathyroid abnormalities you get in the CKDMBD. Uh, such as parathyroid gland hyperplasia, which is diffuse and nodular, a decreased expression of vitamin D receptors, a decreased expression of calcium receptors, and an increased set point of calcium-regulated parathyroid hormone secretion. The parathyroid parathyroidectomy may be required in some patients, so uh, if patients have got really severe hyperparathyroidism with persistent hyperphosphatemia, uh, unresponsive to calcitriol and calcium, or if they're hypercalcemic, or intolerant or non-responsive to calcium emetics, or if they're a renal transplant candidate, or if they've got evidence of metastatic calcification, so calcification of the soft tissues. Um, they've got calciphylaxis, uh, which is a form of calcium and phosphate deposition uh, in small blood vessels within the skin that can cause skin necrosis. Um, so calciphylaxis with evidence of hyperparathyroidism, you might do a parathyroidectomy. Um, and in certain cases of severe uh, pruritus with uh, hyperparathyroidism, you may consider that. So adynamic bone disease, so we said that this would be in a situation where there is reduced burn turnover as a result of low PTH and increased factor risk. Um, so you've got both reduced osteoclastic and osteoblastic Calcium uh, may be elevated uh, due to reduce, a reduction in uptake of uh, calcium into the bone or due to calcium based phosphate binders. And the risk factors for adynamic bone disease include increased calcium intake, age, diabetes mellitus, overtreatment with vitamin D, low PTH, um, continuous ambulatory peritoneal dialysis, um, acidosis, or aluminium.
Uh, so patients on the hemodialysis um, need to uh, maintain their phosphate level, uh, hopefully not too high. So um, this diagram, if, as you can see, it shows that uh, of the dietary phosphate that you take in, about 60% is uh, absorbed. So um, that's the kind of the amount that needs to be uh, removed to stop the phosphate going up. So you remove some of it um, via hemodialysis, um, but phosphate binders will usually be required uh, to achieve neutral phosphate balance. And there are a number of different ones. So calcium-based ones, um, sabellima, lanthanum, or aluminium. So the aluminium ones are not really used anymore um, because of various concerns about side effects, including uh, so-called dialysis dementia. Uh, but you've got to remember that uh, because you're limited in what you can remove from hemodialysis, uh, dietary phosphate excretion is really quite uh, and this is often challenging because it puts patients at risk of malnutrition. So lots of food that's high in protein, dairy and things like that, also contains um, a lot of phosphates. So it's difficult trying to get this balance right of restricting certain things but avoiding malnutrition. So those who can see this diagram, it's uh, just a, a little, little uh, diagram from the uh, NICE guidance on uh, phosphate binders in CKD stage 4 or 5. So the first line is calcium acetate. Uh, so calcium-based phosphate binder. So if the PTH is low uh, or the patient is hypercalcemic or intolerant, then you can't really use that. And then you would offer sabellima uh, and you would only really consider uh, lanthanum if other binders are uh, unsuitable and it's very expensive. So nice guidance on vitamin D supplementation. So um, it recommends, recommends against routinely offering to supplement vitamin, vitamin D. Uh, if there's a vitamin D deficiency, then colocalciferol or ergocalciferol can be given. Uh, ergocalciferol, sorry. Um, if vitamin D deficiency has been corrected, but symptoms uh, of CKD, mineral and bone disorders persist, uh, and people have got an EGFR less than 30, um, then you can give alpha calcidol but you need to uh, monitor the check that it's not increasing